0: So we have heard about grief and joy this weekend so far, both such significant places for us to enter into. Uh, and I, have, I heard many of you say that you were able to do the prayer path this afternoon, and um, I'm just encouraged by... It just seems like so many of you are, enter, are really allowing yourself to enter in to some of these hard places to go to. And I just... Um, I just want to say you guys are brave. We talk, we've been talking about brave space, and I've just been really, really blessed to see all of your bravery. So as our speaker team was talking about these topics, we were sitting on this patio furniture here, and we were talking about grief and joy, and the connection between the two of these things. And as we talked about what is, this, what is the connection between these things, we landed on this idea that the connection between grief and joy is hope. And I get to talk to you about hope tonight. And I don't know if you gathered from our earlier conversation, hope is not something that comes easily for me. I am not by nature a very optimistic person. For example, so I, uh, this is not a joke, I have literally been banned from WebMD by my husband because I go, I have a headache and I go on there and I am dying. Um, So uh, that's, I literally have been banned from WebMD or like if I have a fever, I don't know if it's because a fever gets into my brain or maybe my brain is just like this and I blame it on the fever, but I, if I get a fever, I will lie in bed and just think this is it. Like this is it? It's hopeless. I'm I'm going home. And um, aren't you glad that I'm the person speaking to you about hope? Um, But in all seriousness, hope is a word that is very significant in my life. It's a word that God has actually given me, probably more clearly than He has ever spoken anything else to me ever before. Um Just this, the word "hope" is something that God gave me very clearly years ago, and He gave it to me in particular, in my journey with infertility. And I was um, it was actually before I got married that I was told by numerous doctors that it would be very difficult, if not impossible, for me to conceive and bear a child. So that was something I knew coming into my marriage, something that my husband and I prayed through, and so very early on in our marriage, we felt led to give that to God, and to trust him with that journey, and that's what it has been. It's been a journey, and very early on in that, God gave me the word hope. I was actually driving to the Oregon coast, because it's often the place that I go to meet with God, and God just... God meets me on the coast, and so I was on my drive there, and I was praying, and I was processing through some of my emotions, and my questions, and my disappointment, and my fears, and I heard God say the word hope, and it was just as clear as that. He didn't elaborate. He didn't uh, give me anything more. He just said hope, and to be honest, I wasn't sure what that meant, was God asking me to hope in an outcome? Was he asking me to hope in circumstances to go, to, circumstances going my way? And as I've walked this journey, I have come to scripture again and again, and every time I go to scripture, every verse that I read about hope says that our hope is in God. It doesn't say that our hope is in an earthly outcome. It doesn't say that our hope is in circumstances. It says that our hope, to put our hope in God, who is, who is God and sovereign over our circumstance, who, circumstances, who is God over our outcomes. So scripture says to put our hope in God and At the top of your booklet for this session, there are verses listed, and I'm not going to read them all, but they all talk about hope, and they all talk about putting our hope in God. So to highlight a couple, I'll just read a couple. Psalm 39.7 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Psalm 42.5 says, Why are you cast down? O oh, my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So scripture tells us to put our hope in God. But what does that look like? I feel like that can hope can seem like this vague concept. I'm not sure what hope tangibly looks like in my life. And ultimately, our hope is in the fact that we are headed to eternity, that we have an eternity in the presence of Jesus promised to us, and our greatest hope as followers of Jesus is that we are headed to an eternity where all things will be perfect. Our bodies will be perfect, our relationships will be perfect, our grief and our joy and our losses will all be met in perfection. In your booklet, it also has 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So we have this this incredible hope of eternity. It says that Jesus is our living hope. But how do we hope now, right now, in our journey, when we don't know when Jesus is coming back to make all things right? So what does hope look like now as we're walking along the bridge of grief and joy? And yes, we are We're ultimately hoping for eternity. Our ultimate hope is eternity with Jesus, but sometimes, at least for me, the hope of heaven can feel somewhat vague and abstract and distant. So how do we walk in hope now in the midst of family tensions that don't seem to be going away or in the midst of financial struggles, in the midst of loneliness, as you watch your children hurting, in the midst of the loss of a loved one or the loss of a dream, what does hope look like when we are in seasons of grief? And then on the other side, what does hope look like when when we're in seasons of promises being fulfilled and answered prayer, and when we're in seasons of deep joy, what does hope look like then and why do we need it? Why do we need hope and joy? How do we hope now, wherever we're at in this journey? And where God has brought me to in my journey with hope is the fact that hope, our hope, that we can hold on to right now is that our God is Emmanuel. That he is with us. The hope that we can hold on to in our joy and in our grief is that we are not alone. Our God is with us. So hope is the companion that walks with us on this bridge of joy and grief. So let's look at how hope looks, what hope looks like in grief. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people especially those who believe. Because we have our hope set on the living God, we keep hoping. And sometimes it's really, really hard to keep hoping. I was just sharing with a friend this afternoon that in this journey that I have been in with infertility, there was a season where hoping just felt absolutely impossible. I remember a particular time where... I had felt like we had done everything in our control to make this happen to to have a child and I took a a, a pregnancy test on Mother's Day morning and it was negative. And hope felt absolutely impossible and I didn't to be honest, I just, I wanted to give up that word that God had given me. I didn't want to keep hoping because it felt more painful to allow myself to enter into hope than it was to close up myself and say, just forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. And as I've walked this journey, God has reminded me that he's not asking me to hope in an outcome. He's asking me to hope in the fact that he is with me. And hope gives us the courage that we need to enter into grief. Hope that God is Emmanuel, that he is with us, gives us the courage we we need to enter into our pain and our loss, however big or small that is. And in dark moments of doubt and grief, in the midst of our pain, hope meets us there. It gives us what we need to courageously feel the loss, to feel the pain, like so many of you have been doing this weekend, as you've done the prayer path, or as you've talked with friends, you have courageously entered into those emotions. When we allow ourselves to feel the disappointment, we can do that with hope. Because God has promised that he's with us, that he is Emmanuel, and he's not offended. He's not offended by your grief. He's not offended by your disappointment. He's with you in it. Our God has experienced the pain that you are experiencing. He has experienced the loss and the betrayal and the deep loneliness that you are walking through. He has experienced it, and that God is with you. He's been where you are, and he's with you now. And that hope doesn't disappoint us. Because our hope is in a God who is with us, not in an outcome. Our hope is in the fact that he is enough. His love is enough. His grace is enough. His compassion is enough. His kindness and his power are enough. So we can enter into the darkness of our pain because we have a living hope. We sung about that multiple times in worship tonight. That the Savior of the world has not left us. He's with us in our grief. And as I was processing through how hope helps us enter into grief and why we need hope in grief, I got stuck in the fact, in in how grief, in how hope helps us in joy. Why, I just, I mold this over, over and over. Why do we need hope in joy? And again, God brought me to my story and my journey with infertility that I've been sharing. And he, he highlighted to me where I'm at in that journey now. And that's that I'm standing up here 12 weeks pregnant. <laughs> <clears throat> and it is a miracle, and it is, it is an incredible gift from God, and it is absolutely nothing that I did in my power, and I am so, so thankful. And as much as I would like to say that the moment I found out, I embraced joy, the truth is that along with the excitement and the shock and the incredible thankfulness, there was fear. Fear of allowing myself to fully enter into joy because what if something goes wrong? And just like we need hope to give us the courage to enter into grief, sometimes we need hope to give us the courage to enter into joy. To celebrate and to notice the ways that God is moving in our lives. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but joy can feel hard and vulnerable sometimes. And sometimes we need courage to enter into joy, to receive the good gifts in our life. We need hope that God is with us, that he is present in our lives, that he is Emmanuel, the God who hears our prayers, who knows the deep desires of our hearts, and he's with us. There is nothing more significant or more profound or more comforting or more joyful than the fact that the creator of the universe is with you. He's with you and he loves you. And sometimes we're in season of, seasons of grief and sometimes we're in seasons of joy, and sometimes it's not as clear as that. And Laura talked about this, touched on this this morning, um, but I think it's important to say again that sometimes grief and joy are not on, uh, on separate sides of the bridge that grief and joy are not mutually exclusive things, that feeling one doesn't mean that you can't feel the other. Proverbs fourteen thirteen says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. How is that possible? How can those two things coexist? Because of hope. Because God is with us He's giving us, he's enabling us to enter into our joy and yet feel the sorrow of our losses. It's because he is with us that we can hold those two things together in tension. And maybe, maybe this is you. Maybe you're in a season of transition. Maybe you have a new job, and while you are so thankful for the new opportunities or the new, um, the new things that you are experiencing, there's grief in what you've left behind. Or you're a young mom and there's incredible joy in getting to nurture this child that God has entrusted you with, but there's grief in the fact that you've had to give up a lot of your freedoms and life looks different, relationships look different. Or maybe you are, you're watching your children become independent and capable adults, and there's joy in that, and yet there's grief in the fact that you don't get to be a part of all of it. His presence allows us to hold them both, to stand in the middle of the bridge, and as I was thinking about this, actually, Kara and I were talking about this idea of the bridge and how maybe sometimes it's, it's not a bridge and it's more of a roundabout. <laughs> that it's not that grief is on one side and joy is on the other, but that it's a roundabout and grief and joy are both circling around and sometimes they're passing each other and sometimes they're driving right alongside each other and sometimes they're on this side and sometimes the other one's on this side but right in the middle of that roundabout is hope. It's what, what is enabling us to be able to enter into both of those things and hold them together. And as I talk about hope... I'm aware that there are some of you who feel like hope is just too hard. That it's more painful to allow yourself to enter into hope. It's easier to just not allow your heart to go there. Because then you won't be disappointed. It feels that way anyways. That's the lie that we tell ourselves. And I understand that. I really, really understand that. And I am so deeply aware that there are people maybe in this room who have prayed and prayed for years and years for God to give them a child and their arms are still empty. There are people who have prayed for healing for themselves and for their loved ones and it hasn't come. That there are broken relationships that have not been healed yet that there, are, that there is deep loneliness that feels like it has gone unmet. And I, I so wrestled with whether God wanted me to share where I'm at in my journey. Because I don't want you to hear that hope is as trite as things going the way we want them to. My need for hope has not changed just because my circumstances have changed. Hope is so much deeper and more profound than that. It's fierce. Hope is fierce and it's stubborn. It digs in its heels and says, whether I see you or feel you, I declare that you are here. You are with me. You are Emmanuel. You are with me in my pain, and you are with me in my joy. And you're good. And you're kind. Hope is the anchor that holds us in this tension. And as I think about an anchor, I think about the fact that on the surface, a boat can still be swaying from side to side. The waves can come and still make it go one way and make it go the other, but deep down below the surface, it's not going to move. So you may be swaying back and forth on the surface, but God is asking you, he's calling you to to anchor your soul in hope. Whether you are in dark places of grief or you're in incredible joy or you're holding them both, our hope doesn't change. We have the same hope. Our God is with us. He's Emmanuel. And I'm excited to talk about this in our discussions tonight because I I want to talk about how hope can, can be a tangible thing in our lives. It doesn't need to be a vague concept. So before I invite the team up here, I wanted to pray a blessing over you. From Romans 15 13 that says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope may God's presence Holy Spirit God with us fill you with joy and peace, and cause you to overflow in hope. I'm going to invite the team up here, and we're going to talk a little bit about what hope can look like tangibly in our lives. I want to start with talking about some of the tangible practices that we can enter into with hope. Because I do think that even as we talk about our hope being the fact that God is with us, there's still this question of, of what does that look like in our lives? So what are some of the tangible practices that you have implemented or that other people have kind of helped you in your journey to help you walk in hope? What has that looked like in your lives? I'm
1: actually thinking about that as you were talking like, um, and I hadn't put it it in the framework of hope practices, but I think it Mm is. Um, One of the questions I've been asking God lately when I'm sitting with him, especially with something that's troubling me or I can't figure out, um, one of my questions is, God, what are you saying to me about yourself or myself? Mm -hmm. And it's it's really this identity question because I'm missing something about God's character or something he wants to say to me about my identity in him. And so that's just a simple question. It's not, God, how do you wanna fix? How do you wanna you know, bring me these circumstances that I'm hoping for? But what are you just teaching me about who you are and who I am? And invariably, it's a simple response that I sense back from him. Simple like, um, he often says, I love to take care of you. <laughs> um, he often just reminds me of how much he loves me and delights in me, or he'll say, speak things over me about who I am and how he's created me to be. And I think that is a hope mm-hmm. practice um, because it's building my um, sense of of trust and, and walking into who he is and who he's made me to be. Yeah. And, um, and then as I listen to his
2: responses, I can sense hope rise. Mm. That's good, go ahead i have two things one is an answer to your question um which what came to mind we've already talked about today and that was gratitude <laughs> that um when i when we count our blessings i years ago i was a counselor at canyon view and one afternoon i was sitting on the dock uh, overseeing canoes <laughs> with our feet dangling in the water with a friend of mine and we both had a tiresome week and we were kind of complaining and she says Let's count our blessings. And we just started going back and forth. One, good food. Two, sunshine. Three, the week's almost over. And we started counting our blessing. And pretty soon our attitudes changed. And pretty soon it was a challenge to see how far we could get. And pretty soon we were up to 100. And and I think it's that idea of remembering, Hmm. that when we remember what God has done, it gives us the ability to hope in what he's going to do in the future. Um, That's good. Yeah, so that's a practicality. The other thing I need to say tonight, because we're in a weekend that's a conversation where we are being honest with each other, and I did not anticipate how hard tonight was going to be for me. Um, many of you know that my mom passed away January 1st, and my mom's name is Hope. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting up here going, oh. Um, so I don't know how much this applies to Hope, but I'm going to give you a little hopeism from my mother. Um, my mom was in chronic pain for 10 years before she died. Um, every morning when she woke up, uh, her mouth was dry, her body hurt. Um, she was exhausted and she just made the decision that if I'm going to hurt all day, every day, I'd rather do it. I'd rather hurt doing the things I love than lay on my couch and hurt and think about hurting. And so my mom had a season past to Mount Hood Meadows. And went snow skiing regularly my mom was 70 years old and water skied every summer my mom rollerbladed with my children hiked with me single track mountain biked with my dad she did the things that she loved to do even though she was in pain i don't know what that has to do with hope but i think it has something to do with something tonight so since we're in a conversation i'll throw it out there
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't (laughs) Like, honestly, for me, uh, that silver lining, finding the joy in things, I feel like that's, like, hope is part of that. I don't know that hope is something intentional that I've put myself into on a regular basis. Does that even make sense? (laughs) Um, I honestly... I mean, for the sake of just real and and authentic and vulnerable um, hope usually comes to me through scripture or through people. So in that um, holding truth, that holding to the truth, that his word is true, and um, that our hope is in him, like, but literally like repeating that and seeing that in scripture or like posting it up somewhere. Like I'm a super simple minded, uh, I just need to see things a lot over and over and over to like really get it. And so that is something that has given me hope. Um, But really when I think about it, I'm just such a people person and God knows that about me. And so he uses people in my life. Um, I think of my husband. Uh, he's just a man who constantly shows me hope and points me to Jesus, and I feel so fortunate and blessed to have that in him, but that's, even as you were talking and sharing, Stephanie, like, I was just, that's who I was thinking about. Like, I think God uses my husband often to um, show me hope.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. I was kind of thinking the same thing about people reflecting to me, like, when I'm in low spots, Um, my friends (laughs) reflecting to me um, messages of hope, but it's, it's it's tricky uh, finding the way to do that without trying to make it all better or saying something tried or "Eh,
2: you're going to be fine. Um, And so that doesn't help. No,
1: No. (laughs) I don't want to punch you in the face. Um, So I'm just, I'm kind of maybe posing another question of like, I feel like people in my life do that well, where they do reflect authentically something that helps me kind of lift my head. um, And I rarely feel like it's something that I'm going to, to punch them in the face for saying and so i don't know if you guys have thoughts on how we do that well for each other um seeing hope for each other
2: i think sometimes when i'm in the middle of a difficulty i don't see what i'm already doing well and the people in my life that will say jennifer it's actually i'm i'm being hard on myself that i'm not doing this and they're saying it's actually a really big deal that you're doing this have you noticed how well you're doing this? Have you noticed that this journey, you're walking this different than the last time this came up? Have you noticed? And so that reflection back of what's what's already been changing, because I think sometimes when we have our stuff, and you know your stuff, and I know my stuff, when it circles back around, shame rises so quick, and we're like, gah, why am I here again? What's wrong with me? And so to have a friend that will f- reflect back, you're not actually in the exact same spot. Look at how you're actually farther this way. Look at how you're actually leaning into God a little bit more. Look at how your self-talk actually is laced with more grace than it used to be laced with. So I think part of that is just reflecting back the growth that we see in each other.
0: I think for me, too, somebody offering hope to me doesn't need to look like them not allowing me to grieve. It looks like empathy. It looks like entering into my whatever i'm feeling and 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 being present in that and not trying to rush through that because i think that's a part of hope is allowing ourselves to feel those deep things and then and then helping me remember but but i the empathy and the listening well and the entering into the the emotion of it needs to come first at least for me, and then helping me remember how God has been faithful and and the ways that I, I do see him in my life. One question that my husband asked me uh, probably a couple months ago now, we were out for a walk, and he just asked me, how have you seen God be faithful this week? And I was just like blown away by that question because nobody's really ever asked me that question before, but it was, it was a really meaningful question to me that helped me. That helped me walk in hope as I remembered ways that God had been faithful that week. So, but he was he was able to ask that question because he'd also listened to all my other stuff that I'd said earlier in the walk. <laughs> yeah. Can I
1: ask you a question? Yes, please. Um, one of the phrases that I love that you use is stubborn hope. I've heard mm. you use it multiple times. Do you have more? About where you kind of um, heard or um, got that phrase in your life,
0: God, um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Uh, no, it really is just this idea that God um, really gave to me in this walk that I have been on. It was. It wasn't necessarily that. Word stubborn, but it was the image of me digging in my heels and kind of crossing my arms, and it was um, not at him. It was just this this idea of I'm not I'm not going to move from this word that you have given me, and and I think I landed on the word stubborn because I am stubborn. I am a stubborn person, and so it, it was something that I could I could relate to. Of okay this is where my stubbornness can actually be put to use. This is, this is where uh, it's a gift that God has given me that I can stubbornly stay in this hope and dig in my heels and say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move from, from here even when, like I said, it, it feels more painful and more dangerous to hope. But I'm gonna dig in my heels and, and say you're good and you're here anyways. So, yeah.
2: I loved your phrase that hope is fierce. I like hope is stubborn too. (laughs) But hope is fierce. Hope is often this ethereal, puffy cloud, good feeling kind of a word. Let's Mm -hmm. just have hope and we put it on inspirational posters. I'm not against inspirational posters, but they feel a little fluffy to me. But your word of hope is fierce. Like that's a different picture. That's Mm -hmm. that's a neat picture. Mm
0: -hmm. I think I'd love to hear, I don't know how we're doing on time.
2: We have five to seven minutes before we need to do it, be in there, groups. Okay.
0: I would love to hear what hope has looked like. You guys can choose which one, or you could share both. Has hope looked different for you in grief and joy? And, um, and how, has it ha- how has it needed to be fierce in your life? Uh, maybe different depending on which season you have been in.
2: So the first thing that pops to mind is what I'll share and it refers back to uh, the year that was really, really hard for Jeff and I with a recurring conversation that was really hard. And for me, um, so the picture that Jeff and I have had since we got married was that um, when the conflicts rise, we are not at war with each other. The, the person and the conflict is not the problem. We are married, we are one, and there is a problem, and the problem is there, and together, we stay together, and we look at that problem, we say, what are we gonna do about that problem? But he is not the problem, and I am not the problem, the problem is the problem. So that's a picture that we've had our whole marriage. It was at times difficult to cling to that picture in the midst of true conflict, and truly not coming at a particular subject from the same place, and yet, being fiercely committed to it was actually an amazing journey for me because i was absolutely wholeheartedly fiercely committed to this man i am not going anywhere and he is not going anywhere and i am doing the rest of our life together with him and yet it is painful every day and so what does it look like to hope for me it was this hope that god will it was a hope of god in each of us I have hope in God and his ability to speak to Jeff and I have hope in God and his ability to speak to me. I have hope in our relationship with him and I have hope that he sees us and he sees way forward because there were days when all I could see was this is going to be hard for a long time. It is hard to do day to day life with this degree of weight, um, between the man that I love and I, and I don't want it to be this way forever. And so how do you live in what you don't see how it can change? and yet believe that God can change and transform. Um, and it's, it's pretty fierce. Um, it, it was a rubber meets the road for me in um, theology and uh, relationship, several things of just, you just fiercely say, this is what I'm committed to, and God, either you move or this is our reality. And he's moved. Not in a trite, it's all better, but it's, a, it's not the same angst day to day right now.
3: Can you ask the question one more time?
2: Yeah, because Jen Rambled on <laughs> no, and no, no, on.
3: No. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Can you say it one more time? Because I think I had something, but
0: Yeah, what what has, has hope looked like in either a season of grief or a season of joy? And how has it been fierce in that? Or stubborn?
3: Um being someone who typically goes for the silver lining and the joy, uh, joyful opportunities, whatever or circumstances, and and um, I think that for me, it is easy. It is easier for me to hope for other people. It's actually a lot easier for me to stand in the gap on hope for others. It's, um, it's actually really hard to hope for myself. And I don't know if that resonates with anyone else, but I think hope is tricky because, for me personally, um, I can totally, I can rejoice and celebrate, and enter in without the oh, oh what about or oh what
1: if? You don't
3: have to live the every
1: day of it. Yes, it She doesn't have to live the every day of somebody else's hope. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so, me standing in the in the gap of hope for others is is my jam, and that's why I think God uses other people to do it for me. So, like currently. I have a situation in my life that I feel like God has given me and he has promised and it is like not happening over and over and over and over and it feels like I'm grieving it and it feels like I can still see it but like I can't really like hope for it. Does that make sense at all? Um, so when my people come in and hope for me or affirm me in my giftings, or affirm me in this calling that I feel I have on my life. Um, that's where hope comes in for me. Like that's what it looks like. And it, and so I think when you're alone, it's really hard to have hope. When you feel lonely, and when you feel like it's just you, I think it's probably really hard to have hope. And I just want to say, if you're in that space where you're alone where you feel alone and that is, your, that is your reality right now, I wanna hope for you. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's just my natural like response. It's like, I really want to hope for you. I wanna believe for you. And so I think that that is why God has given us this beautiful thing called the body of Christ. Because we all get to be who God made us to be like, none of you get to be Kara Lee Brown, because that's me, I'm taken. <laughs> none of you get to be Stephanie Browniebite, she's, she's got it. Like, nobody gets to be Jennifer Roth, like, we all together, as the body, get to be the different parts and pieces, and that's what makes it beautiful. So, like, if my gift is hope and I'm hoping for you, then amen, I'm going to do that. And if your gift is being able to sit in the poop, then amen, do that and show the other people how to do that. And if your gift is having joy for other people who don't have it, then amen, do that. And I feel like that's what the body is. And so, especially if you are someone who came to retreat and alone is, like, the word that you just have in the name of Jesus I break that off. You are not. You are chosen, you are called and you are part of this body and I am so thankful that you are here. And I am so grateful that you had the courage to come. Because that step of obedience was hope. That right there. Just coming. And so amen, I'm sorry. Oh, I
0: love it. <laughs> you guys didn't know you were getting Preach a preacher tonight. Preach right? it. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on and to and to have you guys enter into your groups and to hope for each other. I that's right. That's good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs>